0: While making a positive impact in your community.
1: Hi, this is Robert Fakui, your host of the Purpose and Profitability Podcast, where we believe that having a profitable, purpose-led business can lead to community transformation. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for listening, and I'm very uh, excited, really, to for this topic this week, and it's called Power Couples in Business. And we have a couple power couples in front of me for those of you that are watching on Facebook. Um, but we have three guests actually in studio, quote unquote studio, air quotes. Um, and actually my one guest, I guess I, I can't really call you a guest anymore. I think you've graduated from guest status to maybe co-host status because for those of you that have heard a couple times, I've interviewed my wife previously twice. And so I think she's past guest status at this point, right? <laughs> so, and so she's co-hosting with me to interview a power couple in in, in our opinion, a power couple is Jerome and Kelly Leonard of Taylor Leonard Corporation. So, hey, Kelly and Jerome, welcome.
2: Hey, thank, thank you. you. Thank
1: you. Good, you. good to be here. Good. I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad that you're here. You know, a lot of um, this is an interesting topic because Kaylee and I have really gotten more involved with coaching couples that have a business. And a lot of times uh, married couples don't want to mix business with pleasure. Um, literally, like they don't want to do business with their spouse, and and me including, they just think of it as a disaster waiting to happen. And and I thought the same thing. Um, so the re- only reason why Kaylee and I were, are working together, it's really it was her idea. I when she I remember when she posed this this question to me years ago about, hey, can I help you in the business? I'm thinking. No, I didn't say that. I just said I'm thinking in my head. No, <laughs> and I just are you sure? <laughs> are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? Um, but things have gone well. But certainly we've had some some learnings throughout. But you know, and I, I really was looking forward to this discussion with you because I've, I've got to know both Kelly and Jerome over the last pretty five or six years, um, I think at least, and just. Mm-hmm. You know got to know Jerome first and then Kelly well actually I don't know who who came first chicken or the egg but uh, I I also know this is kind of a privilege to have both of you on screen at the same time because I don't often see you both at the same time I know because Jerome and I serve on the board of this organization called Nehemiah Project and sometimes I've been with Kelly for the week and then she leaves and then Jerome comes in Or drum's there, he leaves, and then Kelly comes in. And I'm like, wait a second, can't you guys ever stay in the same room? <laughs> so, Did you think you were one person
2: up until that point? Now you can see. I, I was.
1: I, I had some, <laughs> to, uh, some thoughts. I'm like, really? <laughs> but uh, That's, that's drum, what happens when you have kids. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm so excited exactly because, yeah, exactly. So, and we'll talk about that. Um, and, you know, both of you come from, uh, you know, very good business backgrounds, both working for Fortune 100 companies. Uh, Jerome received his Bachelor's of Business Administration degree in Management Information Systems from Pace University. In addition, Jerome's also a CYBOL. Should I, did I say that right? CYBOL or CYBOL? Um CRM Certified CYBOL. Consultant, a Certified Biblical Entrepreneurship Instructor through the Nehemiah Project International Ministries, where we both serve on the board and uh, Regent University. And then Kelly is an author and speaker, trainer, award-winning CEO, and former Fortune 100 vice president, a certified public accountant, in parentheses, inactive. She makes a point of always saying that part. (laughs) I'm not sure what she's afraid of. What's that?
2: I can't, I can't not say that because i I would need to fulfill additional continuing education uh, in order to state without
1: that. Gotcha. So this is a legal. Uh, exactly. <laughs> okay. You know, I'm a rule follower.
2: Remember that. Robbie. That's you right. Know that about me.
1: That's it's right. So she's me an out. inactive certified public accountant and corporate trainer with 25 plus years serving government, nonprofit, private, and public industries. Kelly has an innate ability to connect with diverse audiences across disciplines. So, welcome once again, you guys, and I'm just looking forward to to having this interview and we're going to have fun, right?
0: Yes, yeah. we will have yeah. fun
1: <laughs> and if if we don't, we'll just insert laugh tracks because we can edit this <laughs> <laughs> oh. so so quickly, just give us a little bit of background between the two of you, and then how did you start the business? And did both of you start it at the same time or did one start and then the, second, the, the next person kind of follow later? How did that how did it all play out? So quick, descript- quick background and then how you started the business.
3: Sure. I, I started the business right after 9-11. We lived in New York. I was a consultant at PricewaterhouseCoopers. Um, after that event, um, they had layoffs. You know, 5,000 people along with me lost <clears throat> jobs yeah. Yeah. and I knew I needed to keep earning income. And so I um, connected with uh, different um, prime consultants like PwC and IBM and Deloitte, and I subbed uh, work. In, at that time, it was in the um, CRM, customer relationship management arena, and continued doing that, building a, a boutique consulting uh, firm. We started our family. We moved from New York, where we were living at the time, down uh, to the Washington, D.C. area. And, and Kelly was working at GE. And when our children um, finished elementary school and they were approaching middle school, we determined that it would be good for one of us to be home with them. And so Kelly left her job um, at GE and came home. I handed her the baton of this CRM boutique consulting. Uh, business Taylor leonard corporation and i went uh, back into corporate america uh, working at oracle
1: okay so basically (laughs) so you kind of started the business and then handed it off so it sounded like wait a second because you said you wanted her to be home with the with the with the kids so it almost sounded like okay leave the job don't work but be home with the kids but it sounded like also at the same time as taking care of the kids hey why don't you take care of this business
3: Right. Because the the idea was having a presence at home um, so that um, in the morning at the school bus stop, she would be there in the afternoon when they came home. She would be there. Um, Those are critical periods in any young person's life. Middle school, they're being exposed by so much. And, um, you know, we knew that it was critical for a parent to be home. At the same time, the business has some momentum. And so it's a matter of using those um, times when she was not um, you know, tending to the children to continue building the business. Now it's morphed into what you know today and, and truly she's taken it into um, her own persona, her own signature um, with Kelly Leonard Consulting. And I'll let Kelly you know, give you some of the details about that.
2: Yeah, because when Jerome started the company, as he had mentioned, it was more of a technology fake uh, focus because that was his, his background. I don't have a technology background, but I do have a corporate training background. And so what we recognize is a lot of our clients, because of the impact that he was having or that he had had on the CRM side, which is essentially helping clients to leverage technology from a sales, marketing, and service perspective. Around that same time, a lot of clients started asking, well, what's the impact of social media on the way that we interact with our clients and prospects? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so around that same time, because of my corporate training background, we shifted some of that focus to purely technology to look more at a training, from a training perspective on how could we help our clients to maximize their use of social media, specifically LinkedIn because many of our clients in the business to government space business to business space their comfort level was higher with LinkedIn as it was than it was as opposed to like a Facebook or a Twitter they weren't as much a business to consumer play mm-hmm. as they were business to business business to government mm-hmm. and so that's when we started really maximizing my corporate training background to create a um a platform and to create a solution that could help our clients specific to their use of linkedin
1: that's great and so what i kind of hear too is that uh, the business kind of morphed from what jerome started to and so how did that feel jerome were you okay with that change in direction or you know what, what was that like because a, you know, a lot of times it's your baby whenever someone creates a business and they're handing it over to somebody. A lot of times it's, you know, usually their kids or somebody else that's succeeding it. And all of a sudden things sort of shift, <coughs> um, you know, sometimes it's like, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> right. Well, I, I, I had actually started that
3: shift before um, there was a transition because uh, the CRM was there and then social CRM uh, started emerging. And I started training people on LinkedIn and I trained Kelly. And then we recognized that her skill sets and her passion uh, for enabling people that that was a, a, a natural fit. The friction was where, you know, I saw the business expanding CRM and linking uh, the social media. Um, always one holistic solution, but um, that wasn't in, in um, you know the the capabilities and um, the the area where she wanted to focus. so i I had to uh, really relinquish the desire for the business to continue with CRM and social media and have that as a Comprehensive training and technology solution to let her drive the um, high touch people process and training solution.
1: That's, that's good because a lot of times that can be a source of conflict, right? Um, and it was. He's, he's, <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: there's a story there, honey. It really <laughs> <was>. <laughs> yeah, honey. Okay, well, let's. Tra- I know let's...
1: you. I know you want to know, honey. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, <yeah. laughs> up. Okay. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> she
1: woke up. You notice know, yeah. that for those of you watching on the screen.
0: <laughs> so let, let's. Do you mind sharing the source of the the friction there and how you guys were able to overcome that?
3: Well, they, they were um, really. Two areas. There was number one, um, the immediate financial impact, where her coming home meant that our household lost a six-figure income, and and so making that adjustment and reconfiguring our lifestyle. Um, you know, I still had a six-figure income in corporate America, but we lost her income. And we we lost um, that continuity. And, and and so in, in in essence you know we had to rebuild that income because um, you know the customers that we were engaged with for the CRM once I wasn't able to deliver that they went away the customers in the pipeline that she was building and some of it I was able to transition the revenue wasn't there so there there was that very real tension and I tell you that was the time that I was introduced, and we both were introduced to BE. And thank God for BE because had it not been for the training and the reunion of my mind, we would have been divorced.
2: Seriously. So so yeah, so we were wise and transparent enough to have shared some of the challenges, the financial challenges, with the spiritual mentor of ours at that time. And he was the one that said, hey, you know, do me a favor, I want you to meet this gentleman, Patrice Saget, with Nehemiah Project. And so it was through that process that we started sort of this evolution or the transformation and to Jerome's point, the, the mind renewal that comes with the delivery of that biblical entrepreneurship curriculum. Now, I am transparent enough to say that I wasn't fully on board with the Nehemiah Project initially, <laughs> Because as I tell people, I am the child, the grandchild of a Baptist minister, quite familiar with the Bible, didn't at that point really see the connection between business and the Bible. And so Jerome was like, you know what, I'm just going to go ahead and go through this whole process myself. And so I sort of sat on the sidelines for probably the first year or so, maybe even longer, just watching him go through biblical entrepreneurship. And as I saw this transformation in the way that he was addressing that conflict and friction um, in the way that he was approaching me in the conversation. And it wasn't this, ah, you know, that I was like, wow, this you're
1: is waiting illegal. for the fight <laughs> <laughs> He's fighting, man. This isn't fun anymore. <laughs> but
2: yeah. So he was uh, you know, he was dousing water on the flames as opposed to gasoline. And I was like, you know what? I, Probably need to go through this biblical entrepreneurship curriculum because I can see how it's transformed your way of thinking and how you're approaching me and approaching the children, approaching the business, approaching our community, your service and servant leadership, and all of these different aspects of just life. That's
1: that's that's great. And do you have a follow up question, Annie? No, I'm just not yet. For not, sharing not, that. not yet. But yeah, <laughs> I'm sure I'll have <laughs> one in minute. <laughs> Um, I kind of have a follow-up. I mean, you know, there's just this example that you're sharing. I mean, conflict happens in every marriage. It's inevitable, right? But it's how you handle it that determines how you strengthen a relationship or how you can destroy it. Because you said if it wasn't for this, if it wasn't for BE, you guys would have been divorced. So obviously it wasn't just the course itself that prevented divorce, but it was that renewing of the mind, the way Jerome started to handle things. So what – what chain what are some can you think of some um, some some uh, actual real examples of how you changed the way you handled the conflict or the issues at hand because it's certainly the financial stress you know i mean finance, finance is the number one big stressors in any marriage mm-hmm. so what did you have a different approach or you just said things differently or what was different about how you approached things jerome yeah i
3: I think it was a a, a different um um, perception and um, that revelation—that okay, here it is. You both have consciously made this decision. You weren't coerced into this. You you <laughs> knew that there was going to be some financial impact, mm-hmm. and the reason why you're doing it is for the betterment of your children. And um, the, the continuity that you could rationalize in your mind and say, "Hey, yeah, I have a book of business. I'm giving it to you. <clears throat> Run with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that wasn't realistic. And the expectations that um, the transition uh, should happen on paper the way <laughs> you, know, you expect it, which is different than real life that those were totally unrealistic expectations of her. And then recognizing that we put our faith in God and this was the test to hold God to his promises that he would be able to provide, to restore uh, whatever income loss we had above and beyond so we we had to let go of our own natural (laughs) desire to control i had to Mm -hmm. and i had to also recognize that kelly's home um yes the income level may not be consistent may not be at the level um that it was however every night we have home cooked meals. Like and they were good, I might say. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> sure they were. Said, I'll let her plug it for herself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, our, our, our family, our kids are um, are wholesome. They they you know our our, our family um, um, vibrancy because of her presence. Our house is immaculate. I mean, our house is well-structured. So if, if, if we had to hire people to cook, right. to clean, to do all of these things, there would be a, a real financial impact. So I had to see beyond the numbers and look at the holistic value. I had to change my perspective and therefore change my heart. And the way that I interact with her, and and really, you know, all of the principles in in BE about God's economy, about um, the role of the entrepreneur, the the your role, my role as head of household, my role as priest of our household. Those were realities and challenges in the training that Patrice and the other people in. The BE community held me accountable to, so I couldn't, <laughs> you know, say one
1: thing. <laughs> and do another, yeah, right?
3: I'm doing this, but not have that be the reality in my household.
1: Yeah, and I and I have I met your kids, both of them. Uh, I don't think you met both of them, but they're, they're definitely they've they made a good positive impression on me, and um, so cute. I remember your son when we were out for dinner. And he, he saw Adrian Peterson in, in, in Mangiano's. He comes running back to our table and he's like, he's all excited. He's like, oh my God, I thought he was going to hyperventilate. <laughs> he's like, oh my God. <laughs> go. we like, what's going on? What's going on? And you're like, <laughs> AP's over there. like <laughs> So Um That was cute. And he's, you know, what, a freshman in college? And he's had that kind of really yeah. childhood, childlike yeah. uh, spirit. Yeah. And so I, I yeah. really appreciate that. And but so, the, you know,
2: But to Jerome's point, just to add to that, Robert, you know, it was um, having the freedom and the flexibility was a lot of the reason why we made this decision. As we were watching a lot of our peers, the um, sort of the approach that many people take is that one, typically the wife, will come home when a child is born and then she returns turns to work at that middle school, high school age, because there's this notion that, oh, the kids are going to be fine. They can take care of themselves. Yeah. But when you look at the decisions and the exposure that our children have, and in, in, I would say in this day and age, but I don't know that it's changed dramatically from when we were all kids. Mm-hmm. It's just that we're more aware of what's going on. Um, just because of social media communication and all that good stuff. But just being able to be available and have the flexibility was something that we had made a conscious decision to make. So that now, even now, when I look at, you know, some of our son's friends, I'm almost like a surrogate mom to them because on Fridays we would have freshman Fridays at the house. And so the kids knew that they could come here and it was a way for me to sort of kick the tires on, okay, who are my children spending <laughs> time with? And, you know, and how do I counsel them? through?
1: Some give, them the stink, give, them, give them the stink eye of the one you don't like. <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, Sorry. that stuff you can't really put a price tag on. Yeah, it's a huge sacrifice, no,
1: it's huge. but it's
2: one that we only really get one shot to, <clears throat> raise up a family and to train up our children and all that good stuff and so it was something that we made the conscious decision that we would sacrifice financially to a certain degree so that our children could really uh, be in a position of the best position possible to thrive
3: and it's been 10 years since kelly left corporate america all right
1: and I so appreciate what you guys do in opening your house to the friends of your kids. I mean, growing up for me, um, one of my good friends, uh, Brian Williams, he, we always went to his house and we called his parents mom, pa. So we always called him mom, pa. And, uh, and I, remember, um, I remember his dad, he'd always c- call us dumb kids. Ah, you dumb kids. Ah, you dumb kids. <laughs> <laughs> and so one time, I, one time I remember asking him, I said, so pa, I said, when do we stop becoming dumb kids? He goes, without missing a beat, he says, 30. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> and I, I wow. look back and I go, that's about right. <laughs> um, but, you know, we're always amazed at how they wouldn't say anything. I mean, we'd be at this house till late at night, you know, we're coming back from a party and we'd be there late at night, two in the morning, and we know they have to have heard us in the living room and making a ruckus and stuff like that. We weren't, you know, we weren't always very quiet.
0: They're boys. Yeah, it was, you know, it was
1: all. Uh, no. <laughs> and, uh, and so I remember, uh, I don't know, it was one time we were all together as we got older, you know, we were just you know so appreciative of what they did. And, you know, Ma would always say, well, we felt it was better to, you know, no matter how loud you guys were, it was better to have you at our house and out there getting into trouble. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, you know, there was something to that. And so, you know, all of us friends, we all appreciated. Uh, appreciate them, so I, I appreciate what you guys have to say and what you guys do. And one of the things, you know, I, I made some notes as you were talking, Jerome, you and, Kel- you and Kelly were talking. The big thing, it seemed, that really, um believe it allowed the conflict was giving up control. Um, that was the first thing, was that, you know, you, Jerome, just giving up that control and allowing and seeing and allowing um, that Kelly had a different gift set that you really need to allow to go because if you did try to control that, the business wouldn't have grown and those, those customers would have left anyway without anything in the funnel because of, you know, what Kelly brings to the table, right? And, knowing, and that goes to knowing how each of you are wired and wired differently. We're all wired differently and you just have to know how to, you know, really work with each other's strengths as opposed to enforcing or pushing your own strengths onto them. Um, expectations. You know, he talked about, about expectations, you know, what you did and what you wanted to see the business happen or see it happen in the business was probably bad expectations for Kelly because she's wired differently, right? And in the trust, you said just trusting in the Lord and just trusting in Kelly that she's got a different gift set, and if you let her do what she's good at, the business is still going to grow and probably grow better than if you try to maintain that control. So ultimately is that giving a control and trusting each other and having the right expectations for each other. Um, really I see was, was one of the key things there and we talk about the same things and I don't know if you have something to say.
0: No, because I know like drone, like you probably had a vision or, or an idea in your head. And then when Kelly came alongside, you could just force that on to her and even know that that's not her gift, her strengths, you were able to, see what her strengths were and incorporate that into what you were already doing. And I think that was great because that's part of giving up control. Cause sometimes it's your baby and you're like, this is my baby. I don't want to give it up. This is how we're going to do it. And it's only one way, but you were um, able to see, um, come up with solutions that worked for both of you guys. I think that's great.
1: And I imagine that same type of thinking and mindset you use, even in the home life, right? Cause these same principles that you that work for the business and how you both could work well in the business also works at home, you know, just knowing how, Hey, certain things you just got to give control. You know, you just got to yeah. have to have the right expectations for each other. Um, so uh, talk a little bit about that, about how you guys work together, even in the home, the homestead.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny that you should say that because it used to be, um, I would remember I used to be so controlling over house stuff. And then it's like, once you have children, you're just like, Oh, where's my white flag? I give about like, I don't care if the dishes aren't completely washed to my standard. And I know it used to drive Jerome crazy. The fact that I was like, everything had to be a particular way. But again, it goes back to recognizing that my way is a way, but it doesn't have to be the way. And so we need to be more understanding and cooperative
0: and all those good things.
1: We never have issues about the dishes, do we, honey? (laughs)
0: <laughs> it seems like it may be more and more couples that have some kind of issue in the kitchen
1: there's <laughs> <Which> always <laughs> a kitchen story so <laughs> well,
2: and, and it's got and Jerome's gotta understand where part of mine comes from so we just spent the weekend we were with my parents and my dad so the roles are reversed my dad is like he is so like he rinses paper plates off before he puts them in the <laughs> trash can. So that's how meticulous he is. You know, every in the dishwasher, everything has to be a particular. And I'm like, see, at least I'm not like
3: that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're retired. So they have a lot of (laughs) time to obsess over the smallest little details.
2: (laughs) But yeah, so we, we have identified there's certain, like I by and large, probably like a lot of couples I take care of, what's inside of the four walls and he takes care of a lot of what's outside of the four walls in other words hence the reason why he was out shoveling today although I love a good shovel I will not lie I do I love to and you don't so so for
1: those for those that are listening and weren't privy to what we said earlier is that there's a snowstorm that's hence the shovel (laughs) because otherwise maybe shoveling a grave or I don't know It's a good five, six inches out
2: there. <laughs> so yeah, typically we are like arm wrestling to figure out, okay, who's going to shove? Because I love to shovel because I was raised up North. Well, Jerome was raised up North too, but I love a good snowstorm. And so there's certain things I don't mind mowing lawn. Like, you know, it's, there's not a whole lot of stuff that I don't mind doing. I don't know if it's the inner tomboy in me that comes out
3: where
0: Jerome, I don't mind doing. Please let her shovel the snow. Gladly,
3: <laughs> I I take help from anyone <laughs> you know, neighbors, strangers driving by. I you know <laughs> I'm down for the team effort. <laughs> I think the other aspect of you know this this I don't know if you necessarily call it balance or integration, but um, you know it's easy to get. So absorbed into the business discussions, we we find that it's critical to to dedicate time, have time on the calendar to review. So we review performance, you know, the pipeline, the expenses, the projects. Um, That way, it it's contained; it's not spilling over into family discussions. We have um, date nights regularly. We have family date nights where it's just fun, no business is discussed. But we've been um, bringing both Gabriel and Taylor into activities and paying them to perform tasks for the business, especially uh, social media. (laughs) Yeah, we pay them. We pay them because we we want them to understand the value of, um, number one, developing the skills, number two, earning for your skills, number three, This is Taylor Leonard Corporation. Taylor's her maiden name. Leonard is my last name. It's a family business. So we want to have them live the entrepreneurial lifestyle, the mindset. We all saying, hey, you want something? Give us a proposal. (laughs) Give us the pros and cons. Give us the cost. So they're, they're becoming accustomed to how to operate in this space and not necessarily um, as an employee, but thinking about it from a business owner's mindset.
2: So hence, part of the reason why before we lo- started recording, when Taylor was in here talking to me and showing the video that we were discussing, yeah. she knows that she needs to hurry up and finish this because she wants to get paid. So that's why she was like, I really don't care that Robert and Kaylee are on the line right now. Like, I have questions about how do I finish this video so that I can get my payment.
1: Yeah, my commission depends on this. (laughs) So So it's incentivizing them.
0: So what does it look like when you're talking about spending time and date night? So what does that look like, being intentional? Because I know so many couples that have a business, they have a family, and it seems like the couple time is sometimes non-existent or last on the list. And um, so how are you guys intentional about that and not bringing work into your date time or your family time.
2: I think part of it, you bring up a good point. So it's, it's a challenge because especially I feel like both of us, and especially with the work that I do, I love what I do. And it's difficult for me to not bring it up because it's like, I may have had a conversation, a really good conversation with the client that day, or it seems like the town that we're in is super small, so we'll be out, and then we see someone that we know, and then that causes some conversation to bubble up around business. And so it is a challenge Mm -hmm. at times. Um, But yeah, it's like we've got on Sunday evenings, we have a standing time for like family review where we talk about just big wins and and what do we need help with. But then by the same token, Jerome and I have downtime as well where we're either reading a book together and it's typically a book that has nothing to do with business um like right now uh, i think i may have shared with you robert that we're reading the miracle morning for couples and so we're always trying to read something that has something to do with how do we improve as a couple in our relationship how do we support one another more intentionally so i think it's just it's scheduling so much of what we do we live by outlook um (laughs) our calendar we schedule our date nights, we schedule these reading times, everything is based on the calendar because I mean when we think about our workday, you know, our meetings with clients are on the calendar and certainly our relationship is more important than those. And so it's being intentional about yeah.
3: carving out that time.
2: Yeah. Being also, into-
3: you know, um, when we're out, we're having fun or we're with another couple and um, you know, there is conversation about the business. It doesn't feel invasive. It doesn't feel like, oh, we shouldn't be talking about this now because um, it, it's fluid. The ideas happen. It comes into your mind. We discuss it. Uh, you know, we keep it fun. We keep it moving. And then uh, we're off to the next uh, item. So we, we, don't, we never feel like we have to compartmentalize
1: mm-hmm.
3: our lives.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: That
1: <clears throat> no, that's good because you're you're also being intentional because you know that you're intentional about scheduling out just personal time. Yes. So in those times that seem like it should be personal when you're out, you know, with friends or whatever, even though business comes up, it's okay because you know you're going to have that personal time as well. And I hear just being intentional, right? <laughs> <It's Yes>. and, <laughs> because play, schedule, we
3: play together. We yeah. we play tennis when the weather permits. Just about every day. Uh, or we we'll yeah. play uh video games, you know, <laughs> on the TV. Um but the the um act of being in that kind of conversation, it's not even about scoring or who wins who loses. It's just the fact that we are emotional in this dance together.
2: Yeah. We just picked up uh we just started doing hot yoga. <laughs>
1: yeah. <Ooh. Woo>. yeah.
2: <laughs> so does
1: Jerome wear yoga pants?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, I have not you <laughs> have me worried because you were thinking a little bit so. <laughs> actually we're swimming trunks because oh. it gets so hot in there oh, really? it's fire yeah. it's 120 degrees oh man oh man <laughs> well,
1: any, any any last questions honey
0: I don't know what to say after that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think the, I think the visuals got us right now. <laughs> but one one last question. We'll end with this because I know you guys do a kind of a one page plan as a family, and I also understand individually you all have the even the kids because you're talking about kind of almost you know the kids have a, kind of a business mindset as well. But you have everybody create a one page plan, and then you check in on a regular basis about that. Tell us about that. Yeah, so um, every
3: year we have um, our individual family commitments, and it's a PowerPoint presentation, and we have it right here on the wall. Online. So each one of us
1: develops
2: this plan.
1: Hot yoga. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> so each year we run through a couple of things. So we. Identify a scripture verse that is sort of going to be our verse, our individual verse that we'll live by. Um, We identify a couple of places that we want to visit as a family. We are intentional about looking at, okay, which uh, two of the fruits of the Spirit are we going to be intentional about really developing as an individual? We think of things that we're going to stop doing, things that we're going to start doing, Um, we pray intentionally for two people that are in our lives. They could be people that we know or people that we don't know, but people that we're going to be intentional to pray for. And we come together as a family, as a part of our year-end planning, and we present these PowerPoints to one another. And they just become sort of a roadmap for how we're going to direct our year as an individual, and it helps us to then be in a better position to support each other throughout that calendar year as well so we've been doing this gosh probably for at least six seven years maybe (laughs) um so yeah at the start or either at the very end or at the start of the new year we each present our plan and um we revisit it periodically throughout the year awesome
1: yeah
0: that's
1: that's a great idea that's great well, Jerome and Kelly, do you have anything to say before we before I, we, I sign us off?
0: No, it's just been great. All this getting to know you guys so much better, and yeah,
3: good life
1: Yeah, so Jerome and Kelly, thank you so much for being on the this episode, and uh, I think I know it'll help for those that listen and take it seriously because there's some very practical advice, um, and so I hope uh, those that are listening. Uh, Really take it to heart and start to implement some of these changes, and some of these are just really, like you said earlier, just a mindset. Right? There's nothing physically harmful <laughs> or anything that's going to be painful. It's mainly made of a mindset. It may may seem challenging because it's a different way of looking at things, looking at your spouse and, and dealing with your spouse, but definitely very powerful things that clearly uh, yields fruit at home and also in business. So, thank you for for being on the show, and then thank you everyone for listening again to the. Profit Purpose and Profitability. Boy, I can't even say the name of my show. (laughs) (laughs) Purpose and Profitability Podcast. If you have any other business questions or topics that you'd like to hear more about, email me at prosper at i61businessdevelopment.com. That's prosper at the letter I, the number 61, businessdevelopment.com or go to the Facebook page if you're not already on it, Purpose and Profitability. And again, tune in next week as we go live again. And thank you again for listening. This is Robert Fakui, And remember, purpose plus profit equals transformation. God bless everyone. Have a great week, everyone.
0: Thank you for joining us today. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast. For more information, please visit purposeandprofit.com.